0: averaging about 5 miles per hour. And then on Tuesday night, clear skies
1: with a low around 58. And then Wednesday calls for sunny skies with a high near 90. Continuing on the game on a Monday, Troy Coverdale. Colby Van Camp with you today. If you missed the start of hour one, the explanation for everything can boil down to this. They left us alone! <laughs> I'm kidding. Mitch saw crew last night in Omaha, so he took the day off. Trey thought he had something to do today. No, my friend's celebrating his birthday, so... He was going out to dinner with that friend tonight. Support the homies. You got it exactly. And Dave G is living life. His wife's flight, and I didn't ask where. Out of KCI, no less. Nice. Got delayed to the point that there was no way that he could be with us this afternoon. So I made the call to the bullpen, brought in the right-hander.
0: I'm a lefty. Dang. No, I'm, a right. I'm just okay. Messing with thank I'm you. I'm just messing. All right. With me. <laughs>
1: Live radio, baby. Gotta love it. Oh, my goodness. So, we learned today that the Associated Press voters think that the Cats are good for a number 16 slot to start the season. The top 25 poll released today has Georgia atop the ballot. How unusual is that? No Alabama. Profoundly unusual. We have gotten so locked in on the Nick Saban era at Alabama, and... The tide being number one because it's Nick Saban's
0: team. I think I saw today it's the first time since 2009 that Alabama has not been ranked preseason one, two, or three. I think they're four. (laughs) That is, is crazy. What a run!
1: What a run. 14 seasons going into the year as number four now. 14 seasons that. 13 straight years that they were number one to start a year. That is just crazy. Um, A week ago, Brett McMurphy, well, maybe not quite a week, but part of last week, was really taking it on Twitter because he released his AP preseason poll to the public well before the poll was released today. And he did not include K-State in his top 25. It makes no sense, and because of that, he was being resoundly ridiculed. Not nearly as much, however, as a voter who voted the Kansas Jayhawks into the number 16 spot. Jordan Kramer, affiliated with North Carolina, clearly does not know ball. Oh, yeah, he actually does. Oh, that's right, he does. He contacted his AP rep to say, no, that was supposed to be Kansas State. (laughs) Incredible. So the Jayhawks received absolutely zero votes for the poll. All is right with the world, right? You had Jayhawk fans celebrating on Twitter that they had a a vote.
0: I mean, throw them a bone, I guess. And look, look, is Jalen Daniels. A good quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Is he... Th- I, I just do not see... Will he take him to another bowl game again? Yeah, I think so. Is he the preseason offensive player of the year for the Big 12? No. No. I, I'm just flabbergasted by the way that these media polls come about. This is,
1: again, where I just shake my head because in many ways, they're not worth the paper they're printed on. Because especially when you're talking about as much change as takes place from team to team going into a season. The reason why K-State can have an expectation of being ranked to begin this season comes from the experience that does return. But a lot of times, when you're looking at these teams and you're trying to make an assessment and it's based on last year, people don't spend enough time doing their homework to understand how much it's dependent on last year and how much is gone. And in the day and age with the transfer portal being what it is, that just adds to it. Because you don't have a handle, if you've not spent any time tracking specifically where players have gone, what performances you expect out of them, you're going to get caught with your pants down yeah. when you cast that
0: ballot. Yeah. Well, it, it, you know, Tim Fitzgerald from Go Power Cat famously talks about that he doesn't fill out his his... Media ballot because he's like I, I don't feel Qualified to talk about all these Other teams and make votes on the destiny Of these other teams right because I only cover One team and so meanwhile you have People from the ACC Or the big 18 Or the pack Four over here <laughs> Submitting votes For Kansas State and right. Kansas and Texas Tech and Texas and I'm, I'm just sitting around saying what Do you know about any of these programs You don't know anything about these programs except You Google them it says Kansas State Big Twelve champions, ten and four, lost to Bama in the Sugar Bowl in twenty twenty two. That all checks out. Cool. Uh, I'm going to arbitrarily declare them to be number sixteen, and it, it just bothers me. No, and and that's
1: exactly on point because, and and it's also why the coaches poll is even worse than what the media ballot is. Yeah, because it's not the coaches voting in most cases. Really. They're worried about their own team. They're worried about
0: what's going on. They'll hand it off. Hmm. I was. I. I guess naively, I always just assumed that, you know, Steve Sarkeesian's out there voting. It's more of a sports information poll. Gotcha. Okay.
1: Well, or or someone on staff poll. Yeah. More so than it is a true head coach poll. Interesting. Or he may have a little input, but. By the time you get down to number 25? Just hand it off to quality control. Pretty much, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because the head coach isn't watching other teams. Oh, no. Definitely not. On a consistent basis. And that's why college football... It's part of been the, the lure of it, but it's also been part of its bane. And that is... It is completely subjective, which is funny because we put everything into wins and losses. Wins and losses aren't subjective. Hard numbers. Yeah. But what is subjective is how someone will do in a matchup on against a team that they've not played or polling.
0: Sure, remains subjective. It reminds me of because when I'm not sports broadcasting, I'm a professional musician. I'm an opera singer, and I've done so many competitions over the years that you show up, you sing for a panel of judges. Mm-hmm. They give you a collection of scores. Yep, and you do or do not advance to the next round. Yep, and you'll get a judge that gives you uh, on a scale of seventy to a hundred, gives you a seventy-six. You'll have somebody give you a ninety-eight. You'll have somebody give you an eighty-two. Mm-hmm. I've always told my colleagues and my students, look, just pick, take the eighty-two, the average. <laughs> that's probably where you're at because you're not a ninety-eight, and you're definitely not a seventy-six. And so Kansas State—that's why I would love to take the average. You know, I guess it is kind of the average of sixteen is where they where they landed. Right. There were three people on the AP media poll that did not have Kansas State. In their top 25 at all. Brett McMurphy. Being one of them. One of them had Kansas State at number 10, which even purple glasses on, I'd say uh, it's not number 10. I personally am quite fine with 16 for Kansas State. I think that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. But for some of these other teams, I just sit back and I I laugh because it's just not not accurate.
1: It's not anywhere near what they performed as last year or what they could perform as this year.
0: But we can make this opinion about Kansas State because we cover Kansas State. Right. And therein lies, again,
1: how almost worthless the polls have been. But that that their tradition, how does that change when we get to the ultimate subjective? A 12-team college football playoff starting next year. The game has changed so dramatically in the last now going on 40 years because we are going from regional conferences, a handful of televised games annually, the NCAA having some realm of power, to two power conferences. A third that's on the cusp, a Pacific Coast that is not going to be a part of the power mix.
0: It's just crazy. It's un and 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 a twelve-team playoff. So, I was talking about this with some friends on a podcast the other day, where if you look at conference realignment, you know, my dad he says, you know, Utah is coming over to the Big Twelve. You get all these schools that are coming over and. He said, I don't like that as a Kansas State fan because it just means it's more people that we have to beat to find ourselves in a championship contention. The name of the game is now, officially, all you have to do as of 2024, even if you don't win your conference championship, and K-State fans all want K-State to win the the conference, Mm -hmm. and I still want K-State to win Mm -hmm. the conference, but if you don't win the conference and you can stay in that top 12, you're competing for a national championship. Yes, which is which. To me is a win because we Went from the the years of The bcs where it came down To uh just the bs right it Was just a computer that Arbitrarily decided then you Get over to the four team college Football playoff and it just Turned out to be uh, an sec big Ten fest occasionally the ACC gets thrown in and once Every decade the big 12 gets A shot and then only once a Group of five team in Cincinnati gets an Opportunity right but then They get pitted against Alabama so f in the chat for Them I suppose but now we've reached an opportunity where like the NCAA basketball tournament you have a luck of the draw and it turns into an anybody can beat anybody kind of mentality I think and you get some luck that's involved there where case in point like the NCAA basketball tournament in 2019 UMBC knocks off Virginia they don't K-State plays Virginia in the round of 32 we get probably ejected UMBC takes care of business. We knock off UMBC, knock off Kentucky. There we are playing Loyola Chicago in the Elite Eight. And that's luck. Right. Just comes down to that kind of stuff. And I like Kansas State's chances with a bit of luck involved. And, again,
1: that's a dramatic change to what the sport has been. Sure. And how much of the tradition is lost to that? Or do you feel better because... You're getting rid of some, some of
0: the subjectiveness. To me, if it came down to Colby's personal opinion and the weight of the world revolved around that, which I like to think it does. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. Mm -hmm. It totally doesn't. I think I'm (laughs) self-aware enough to know that it doesn't. But if it came down to that, I would rather sacrifice a little bit of tradition for an opportunity to have a better shot at winning national championships. And if Kansas State can have a better shot at being in the playoff to win a national championship, I'm here for that. The expansion helps in that the SEC
1: won't be so dominant at the top of it. It's true. The expansion helps in that, yes, you'll see more potential for teams that are outside of the power. One of the things that has happened, though, with the fcs playoffs over the years has been that it gets so front loaded by specific conferences missouri valley comes to mind when you have as the poll came out today for them as well south dakota state north dakota state literally one and two in the poll they tend they wind up getting five teams in the playoffs easy Now, granted, that's a 24-team field, so double what we're talking about at the FBS level starting next year.
0: So you keep your fingers crossed. Yeah, you keep your fingers crossed, and you hope that at the next level, moving from FCS to FBS, that there's a little bit less of a divide, maybe, between the very top of those teams in a North Dakota state or a South Dakota state um, or a Montana state or maybe like a a program like that and the number 24 seed or whatever that would be, the Mm -hmm. the 24th best team Mm -hmm. in the playoff or in the FBS level, the 12th best team. You hope that there's less of a disparity between 1 and 12 than there is between 1 and 24 or maybe even 1 and 64 like you see in NCAA basketball. And so maybe because of that, you see a little bit less of that, but I'm not sure. And I'm not definitely going to go out on that limb and start proclaiming things in a prophesaic fashion that that's what we'll see. But the opportunity for upsets exponentially gets increased. Yes, it does. Which is what I'm here for. I would agree with you on that. It
1: just it seems it, it is so antithetical, though, to what the game was. Oh, definitely. This is not your grandfather's college football. No, it is not. I mean, my it grandfather... Th- this is not what I grew up on, that is for sure.
0: My grandfather played without face masks, you know? <laughs> he was an expert at the forearm <laughs> shiver. You know what I'm saying? Like It's just crazy to, to think back on that. And I think that he would kind of be appalled at what's happened with college football, maybe for the monetization sure. and, the, and the dramatization of college football. But I think that ultimately being the purist that he was and coming from just a different generation entirely, I still think that he would enjoy a 12-team playoff, especially if his if it gave his Wildcats a better chance to this, win a national at, championship. I will say this. At the
1: end of the day, I, I look forward to it because, well, it means we're going to watch a lot of good football. I'm all for that. I am for that. I will gladly watch a lot of good football. You just have to
0: ask my wife about that. Can I make a a quick, potentially breaking news? Sure. Jerome Tang tweets out, we got dudes, hashtag (laughs) EMA. From Israel, (laughs) Kellis Robinette says, recruiting never stops, even when in Israel. That's right. We get another transfer? Transfer portal Uh, is open. There you
1: go. Well, all right. That gives us something to keep an eye on for the evening. No doubt about that. (laughs) Back in a moment as we continue on the game. Tweet the game, KMAN, or call 537 1350 and get in touch with the show. This is The Game on News Radio, KMAN. Troy Coverdale, Colby Van Camp, with you on the game this afternoon. Mitch will be back in tomorrow. Dave G. rejoins us on Wednesday as we maneuver through another week. Yes, the countdown is on. 19 days until the start of the college football season for K-State. Let's see, 19 minus 7, so 12 for Notre Dame and Navy among the week zero matchups.
0: I love it. I'm so here for it. It's a great rivalry.
1: had a chuckle today just looking at some of the notes, and there are folks already out with week one odds posted. (laughs) It's just people dying to lose their money. Think about this for a moment. It was this time a year ago that you couldn't do this in the state of Kansas. Couldn't, Iowa. (laughs) I couldn't resist. I'm sorry. You could, (laughs) uh, under certain parameters, do it in Iowa. It's helpful if you, you know, do that under your own name. (laughs) And not while you're on the roster of a college football program.
0: It's, what it's, a disaster. It's it's in the details, Troy. Just just don't, don't worry about it. What a disaster. Don't worry about it. How, and how would you like to be
1: the Iowa State guy who's gone on to the Broncos, who I continue to struggle with his name, Oof. getting dinged at both levels? Not only did he get dinged by the NFL for betting last year inside the locker room or the Broncos complex—
0: now he's got charges against him. There's a there's a special level of I guess unintelligence here that you have to like quantify that people just I personally can't. It's like it's like you had one job and it's to not gamble. That's it. That's that's all you had to do. And instead, we have the FBI getting involved in conspiracy charges because People are gambling other, other people's names and their parents are involved. It's crazy. I'm going to give you three names, and I want to
1: see if how well you know your history in related topics. Jeez. Okay. Paul Horning. Sorry. Okay. Mickey Mantle. Yep. Willie Mays. Rings a bell. Okay. Wow. I... Pardon me while I hurt. I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm sorry. 1999. I, I know. 1999. I know. Paul Horning, Packers standout, and I mean standout, suspended a year because of gambling Nice in the 60s. Mickey Mantle and Willie Mays, both having retired, were barred from any connection to the game for a time in the early 80s. Because they were working as greeters at a casino. That's how tightly managed it was for Major League Baseball at the time. Now you understand a little more as to the Pete Rose situation. Yeah. Why it developed in the 80s the way it did when you have even a policy that two retired players could not have connections with their teams.
0: Yeah, you either had to pick the team that you were associated with or gambling. Or gambling. And it was one or the other. It couldn't be both. And you were just doing a greeter's job. That's you, crazy. But yes, like in a good way. You were schmoozing. In a, in a good way, I guess. I mean, cuz it it helps protect the game, but also that's that's intense. That's a, not crazy. It's intense. It's an intense level of scrutiny. That's how far baseball had gone. When you go all
1: the way back to the Black Sox scandal. Wow. That's how much they had the aversion to gambling even being mentioned in connection with the game of baseball. Really is amazing to realize that. To to realize that Mickey Mantle couldn't play in a alumni game at Yankee State, an old timers game at Yankee Stadium because he was doing work for a casino.
0: That's uh, that's one way to force the situation, I suppose, and to ensure that nobody else engages in stuff like that. But here we are. Right. In 2022. Right. And and that's why I, I chuckled
1: here at the start of the segment again about the fact a year ago at this time. It was not yet legal here in Kansas to even lay down that bet. That's how much it's changed in a
0: year. Is it because we let the bureaucrats get involved? Good or bad? I'll let you decide.
1: (laughs) At which end of it, (laughs) honestly? The bureaucrats involved in saying, "yay, it's okay, or the bureaucrats involved in saying, no, you can't? I, uh, I'm going to plead the fifth now. Yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. Part of that, I you know, it it's not that big of a difference to me in that we've seen the progression of how gambling has changed over the last 30 years. In this state specifically, I think about the opening of the Indian casinos. Mm-hmm. And there again, I grew up near four of them that developed quickly. Yeah. Um, Where did you grow up? Northeast Kansas, up near Holton. Oh, okay. So cool. Yeah. You know, so between like Golden Eagle and Sack and Fox. And- Golden Eagle, Sack and Fox, uh, White Cloud, and uh, and uh, Potawatomi. Nice. Okay. So, you get the point there. You, know, you were limited with that, even, in terms of the games you could play and the like. But it changed the face of how people see gambling here in the state. Go to Colorado, and you've got essentially an entire community that is built around gambling. The one place in the entire
0: state that has casinos. Well, and it's just, I think, a fascinating commentary on the way that Kansas as a state operates in general. I mean, (laughs) Prohibition still sits on the the floor of the Kansas Congress, uh, of the Kansas Senate and the House of Representatives, because it has officially not yet been repealed in the state of Kansas. So go figure. That's almost 100 years later, and we still haven't repealed Prohibition. So uh, you do that with that information what you will. Liquor by the drink.
1: (laughs) Something the, that you have no idea by about. By the drop.
0: <laughs> yeah, well,
1: okay, more appropriately, but you know, having to buy a club card to go into certain places to be able to drink. It's wild. Still inactive. Uh, still in use in Utah. That kind of checks out. <laughs> <laughs> Let me put it this way. You have never seen frustration until coaches on a Friday night, knowing that you've got until Saturday night for a game, uh, on Friday night after practice wanting to go grab a beer someplace and there's no place to grab one other than Applebee's and they close at 10. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, Orem, Utah. (laughs) Or Topeka, Kansas. You know, it could be one
0: or the other at this point. (laughs) Uh,
1: Yes, a year ago at this time, we were waiting for the law to go into effect to allow gambling who was looking at the preseason numbers then <laughs> definitely not me ah uh, well okay and and i'm not really digging into them but it just i found it amusing sure. today that already yeah jump on that navy line in week 1 at 20 and a half <laughs> okay 539, the game continues. Goalie's on his way out. I'll regale you with our number two song of the day next. Your home for K-State Sports. Welcome yeah, fans. I know I'm wearing the heat jersey right now, but I believe perfect. Well, not really is red, but you kind of you know figure of speech, you know what I mean? Welcome to Madness in Manhattan. This is the game on News Radio, KMAN. 5.57 at News Radio KMA and I'm, I'm, I'm in that morning habit in my mind so forgive me for giving a time check this is what happens at the end of a long day yes semi-autopilot kicking in If you're just joining us earlier this uh, show, we noted that Jerome Tang, K-State's men's basketball coach, has tweeted out the We Got Dudes alert. This as the team continues its tour of Israel. So we will wait to see what develops in terms of who is making their way to Manhattan the commitment that we're looking for. That said, there's a tweet going around that shows Coach Tang and his wife enjoying the trip to Israel at a point enjoying some dancing. And, oh boy, are there some folks who don't take kindly to that. Man, if you are jealous or disdainful or just out and out cruel and looking to make a point about a man enjoying life and not giving any, I'll let you fill out the blank from there. You really ought to rethink your position in life. At this point I'm honest honestly at the at you know at a mark where I just want to believe that this is Jerome Tang's world and we're all just living in it. And if you need any further evidence of that you can do exactly you know just look for the tweet just and you'll see what I mean. The man has a joy about living that none of us can say that we're used to. Honestly, I, 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 there is a joy there that I know most of us do not have a concept of. And it's beautiful. It's tremendous. Oh, to be able to live that kind of life. It's Jerome Tang's world and we're just living in it. And I'm okay with that. Mitch and I tomorrow with you. We'll look forward to it. Another edition of The Game in the Books. Have a good night. We'll talk to you tomorrow. 1350 AM, 93.3 FM, and 93.7 FM. Whichever you listen to, you're listening to News Radio KMAN, Manhattan.